Strategic Living with Brian Holmes, episode number 29. Welcome, everyone, to the program today. My name is Brian Holmes, and you have found the Strategic Living Podcast, where we are all about transforming minds, developing leaders, activating destinies, awakening dreams, changing nations. Hey, we want to see you healed, your mind renewed, want to see your life really transformed and Most of all, we want to see you engaged in what God has created you to be and do. Welcome, everybody. It's going to be a wonderful time together today. I hope you are looking forward to it as much as I am. Just find yourself a place, or if you're driving, be safe. But let's just get engaged and get started, everybody. Well, welcome today to the program, episode number 29 of the Strategic Living Podcast. It's just a great, great day here in Dallas-Fort Worth, and I have to tell you, I'm actually excited because for the first time in a number of weeks, I'm looking outside at sunshine, mild temperatures, and zero precipitation, and uh, that's been quite uh, a rare thing for us the last number of weeks. We've had extremely cold temperatures for Dallas, and we've had consistent wetness, And we have had ice and sleet and crazy roads, but it sure is nice to see a spring-like day outside. So I'm just sort of chipper today. I hope you're okay with that. It's going to be an awesome program. Well, last week we had Dan Miller on the program, and I tell you what, if you did not get a chance to listen to that episode, I really want to encourage you to go back and listen to episode number 28. You can find that, of course, at brianholmes.com forward slash 028. What a great conversation. What great wisdom, great insight that was offered to us by this wonderful man who has become a friend and a mentor in my own life and someone that I trust you will benefit from as well. Just a reminder, if you have not discovered Dan's writings or his podcast Man, you need to avail yourself of all the resources that he puts out at 48days.com, 48days.net, and I know you'll be blessed by that. Well, on this episode today, I'm going to be talking about seven steps to realizing your potential and your destiny. Seven steps to realizing your potential and your destiny. You say, that's that's a big, tall order. Yes, and we're only going to scratch the surface but I I believe I have something to share with you that will help you to begin to hone in on the thing, the thing that God has created you to do for this season, and I trust you're ready to do just that. Well, I want to just offer you a couple of scriptural principles here to give us a place to dive off. And I'm not going to read these verbatim today, but I'm going to refer to them. There is a great dissertation in Ephesians chapter number four concerning the purpose of various offices and roles in the Christian faith or in the Christian church. This is often referred to as five-fold ministry You have apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, etc. 
But I want to just point out to you that in that chapter in Ephesians 4, there is one stated purpose, only one purpose for those five functions or roles. And that is that those five offices, those five functions would serve the people in that church or in that body to equip them to do the work of ministry. As a matter of fact, the scripture says that these five were given to equip the saints to do the work of ministry. Now, I want to point out to you that ministry, contrary to popular belief, is not what happens inside the four walls of the church exclusively. In fact, this word ministry there in its original Greek context had little to do, if any to do, at all with what we call pulpit ministry. It was speaking more in terms of the administration of the work of God in all of the spheres of influence, government, family, media, business, financial sectors, education sectors. It was about bringing the kingdom of God, the administration of that kingdom, and His will, His plan, into the earth in these various spheres. So really, these offices, these functions in the church, our job is to equip the individuals who are subscribed to our teaching, our training, that environment, to go back out into the world and do the work of the administration of the kingdom of God in those places. And so I want that to kind of be a an underpinning for what we're going to talk about today because my philosophy is this, my deep belief is this, that you and I, no matter what our background, what our function, what our role, what our title, you and I have a specific assignment in the earth to accomplish. There's something that we are hardwired by our Creator to do, to contribute, to, to make a difference, to influence some sphere, some place, some arena. And it is that job that we must pursue. That It is in the context of that assignment that our greatest potential is realized. It's the, in the context of that particular function that our destiny is made manifest. So we can chase all kinds of wonderful ideas, but our real focus must be to identify, become familiar with, become totally in tune with the plans that God has for our lives. And by the way, Jeremiah 29, 11, we refer to the scripture here often on the program, but it's very simple. The Bible says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. And so there are specific plans that God has for you. Every one of us were born for, and we were born with a purpose, a unique assignment. There's something that you are created to do, and and there is a place allocated for you to administrate that assignment. Now, with that, each of us also have unique gifts, unique graces, talents. There are those of us who are born with certain skill sets and abilities. And what happens is, is that as we function together as the body of Christ, those gifts fit together, join together in one form, in one body, to do a phenomenal work that is the establishing of the kingdom of God in the earth. So therefore, 
your unique gifts, graces, talents, skills, abilities, passions, dreams, combined with and joined with someone else's unique gifts, graces, talents, skills, abilities, and dreams, together we can do so much more. Remember this verse of Scripture that says one will put a 1,000 to flight, two will put how many? 10,000. There is this grace of exponential multiplication that takes place when we are each functioning in our uniqueness, yet we are collaborating with the uniqueness of someone else. You know, it's obvious to me that God, in his infinite power and wisdom, did not intend for everything in the world to be uniform. Now, there is blessing and there is power in the place of unity. We know that. But there is a drastic difference between unity and uniformity. In other words, I am not exactly like you. We may share some similar characteristics. We may even have some common interests or some common talents that we share. But each person is born unique, born special, born with their own craft and design. And it is the uniqueness and the diversity in life that makes life so beautiful. Imagine, if you will, if every flower were exactly the same. You know, I'm recording this the day before Valentine's Day here in the U.S. and I guess around the world. And on Valentine's Day, uh, I know that a lot of people will be purchasing beautiful flower arrangements to give to their loved ones as an expression of their love and their dedication and their commitment to them. And, you know, at Valentine's Day, the rose tends to be one of those flowers that is very symbolic of love. And uh, I just passed by on the road a little while ago a couple of uh, shops that have been set up in parking lots to sell roses because people love to give flowers. But imagine if the only type of flower in the entire world were the rose. At some point, granted, with all of its beauty, all of its uh, precious fragrance and, and all of that, at some point it would lose its, its special flair because if every flower were a rose, then we would not be able to enjoy the uniqueness and the diversity of all of God's creation. You might like dandelions or tulips or some other type of flower that just brings joy to you. The fact is, not every animal is the same. You know, I have a weenie dog. We have a, a dachshund that is just a beautiful, beautiful dog. He's sweet, and he is kind. He is pretty much lazy and useless, but he really is a wonderful family pet. And we happen to really enjoy these little small dachshunds. Well, I know people that have Doberman Pinchers, Great Danes, uh, Lassies. I call them Lassies you know, border collies and collies and all. Man, imagine if if there was only one kind of dog in the entire world. What a nightmare that would be. Imagine this, ladies and gentlemen, if there was only one type of car that you could drive. That's right. All you had to choose from was a family mobile minivan or the old family vacation station wagon. I mean, the beauty of life is built on diversity and uniqueness and difference. And 
That, in fact, is the exact same template from which God birthed his church. Every person within the local church expression is a part of a much larger body. And each of us, the Bible tells us, that each of us are one part of the body. We each have our function, but we do not have to be the only function. In other words, remember the scripture that said, the eye cannot say to the ear, I have no need of you. Well, imagine if every single part of your body was a big toe. I mean, that would just be weird. And I know I'm getting really redundant here, but I'm trying to just really accentuate this idea that difference and uniqueness is such a very powerful, powerful part of what God designed us to be and do. Now, if that is the case, then we have to also embrace the idea that I am unique, you are unique, the person in your bloodline down the way may have the same DNA you have, but they are also unique. The person who you don't particularly like the way they sing, the way they do things, the way they brush their hair or whatever, but they are also unique and they have a part to play. And so we have to pursue not making everybody the same, but celebrating and collaborating with each other's difference and uniqueness. What what am I getting to here? Well, I want to, to really press with you today that even though we all identify in Christ, we all possess a unique identity. So how do we discover, how do we develop, how do we deliver on our unique design? How do we engage our individual unique purpose, our individual and unique calling? How do we really become activated to fulfill our destiny or to arrive at our destination? Now, I'm going to share with you today seven steps that each person must go through in order to really discover their potential and realize their destiny. Now, I'm not going to have time in one program, of course, to to really bring these to full light, but I do want to share them with you, at least in a cursory fashion, and hopefully over the next number of weeks and months, we'll get to visit each of these in a little more of an expanded way. So here are seven steps to destiny activation, seven steps to realizing your potential and to seeing your destiny fully activated. Write these down. Number one, the first step is examination, examination. The truth is, most of what we deal with in life is not outside of ourselves. It is inside of us. And we have to, if we're going to really move forward in the process of becoming who God has created us to be, we have to look inward and really examine our hearts. The psalmist David, the only person in Scripture to ever be referred to as a man after God's own heart, was a master at this. If you really ever take time to read the book of Psalms, you you realize that this guy was constantly engaging in this process of examination. He was always looking at his own heart, his own ways, looking at the path that he was presently involved with, looking at the direction his life was taking, and, and causing this juxtaposition with, okay, here's where I am, here's what's going on, but here's where I know God's calling me. 
It was this constant looking inward. And so in order to move beyond where you have been or where you presently are, it is absolutely imperative to understand what got you here. Things like beliefs, the beliefs you hold, the mindsets that you are locked into, the attitudes that maybe you carry without even realizing it. But these attitudes drive your behaviors. Maybe it's fears, fear of success, fear of failure, fear of trying, fear of shame or embarrassment or fear of being abandoned. Those things are all on the inside, and I have to examine my heart and know they're there and then work through the healing process because those things will limit my ability to move forward in life. So I have to be willing in this examination process to ask really hard questions such as, and we discussed this last week with Dan Miller, am I happy doing what I'm doing? Now, most people aren't even going to ask themselves that question because it, it demands an answer because it really is a yes or a no question. Because if you're not totally fulfilled, if you are not fully engaged in what God's put you in the earth to do, then it's, it would be very hard to answer that question, at least honestly, with a yes. Because if I am not doing what God's created me to do, I cannot possibly know the joy and the fulfillment associated with being that person. Am I happy doing what I'm doing? Am I fulfilled? Am I doing what I was created to do? And for those of us who are believers, and even maybe those that aren't, I think a great question to ask is, is my life, is the expression of my life, the fruit of my life, is it glorifying God and is it magnifying his kingdom, his agenda in the earth? Is my life an expression of the kingdom of God in the earth? What habits do I live? Are my habits serving God's plans that he has for me in my life? You see, 90% of where you are is a result of what is on the inside, not what is happening to you on the outside. So step number one is examination. Step number two is transformation. Transformation. In Romans 12, verse 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, I want you to check this out. Don't be conned into a form. Don't be conformed. To what? To what people expect of you, to what life demands of you, to what others' expectations of what a good life should look like. Well, you grow up, you get a good job, you just do what you got to do to survive, and that's it. Don't be conned into that form. That is not your destiny. That is not the realization of your full potential. You have more to offer. Don't be conned into that form. Well, if I'm not going to be conned into the form, what has to happen? I have to be transformed, which I have to move from one way of thinking to another. I have to be translated from one reality to another, transformed. And the only way that happens is if my mind is renewed. I have to go back to the beliefs that God knows about me. Now, what happens when my mind is renewed and transformed? Well, I prove what the will of God is. That doesn't mean I prove God right or wrong. What that means is, is that whenever I am functioning in a renewed mind and I'm not letting anybody else tell me where I'm supposed to fit, 
what happens is, is I get engaged with my destiny and I live out what the will of God is. Remember those plans he has for us? I actually live those out. I prove, yep, that's who God called me to be. So transformation is the movement from one thing to another, one way to another, one, one mindset to another. It's, it's being transformed by the renewing of the mind. Transformation is the operation of changing one configuration or expression into another. It, it's changing the variables. Okay, two plus two is always going to equal four. But if you change one of the variables, if you say three plus two, now you cannot possibly come to four. You must come to five. The outcome is tied to the variables. So transformation is the replacing of, the substitution of, the changing of the variables in your life. So if I continue to allow the world to form me into this mold that it says I have to be uh, uh, submitted to, into that image or that way of thinking, then I cannot expect the results in my life to be different. So step number one is examination. Step number two, transformation. Now step number three. I love this one. This one gets me really excited. Revelation. Revelation. I'm not talking about the book of Revelation because that scares some people. I'm talking about you experiencing a personal revelation of who you are. And as Dan Miller said last week, who am I? And why am I here? It is this aha moment, this light bulb. Actually, it's more than a light bulb. It is standing in a dark stadium at a football field, and somebody flips the switch and all the lights come on. It is this revelation of this is my purpose. This is the sphere that I am called to engage and influence. These are the people that I am born to impact. It really comes into this idea of the what we call the I am factor, where I am an author. I am a speaker. I am a multimillionaire. I am a business owner. I am. And you fill in the blank because whatever follows I am the universe really starts causing that to look for you. You say, Brian, that's new age. No, it's not. Let the weak say, I am what? Strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Why? There is a law of confession here that as long as you are confessing what God has already said about you, what happens when you agree with heaven, those things begin to gravitate to you. But you, this begins with a revelation of this is who I am. Now listen, sometimes you get a revelation of who you are, and, and the revelation you know is from God, but your present circumstances do not match the revelation. Now, it's okay if your present situation doesn't match the revelation. What you have to know is that Abraham called those things that were not as though they already were. So therefore, it's okay to call yourself something that you're not presently experiencing, but you have to begin by receiving a revelation of who you are. Examination, transformation, revelation. Step four, clarification. All right, I know I'm an author, but what does that mean? Am I an author of a children's book, a series of children's books? Am I going to write Musicals? Am I going to be a composer of music? What am I supposed to write? And so clarification is the process of discovering, honing in on, refining, fine-tuning, becoming very clear on the what, 
on the why and on the how. This is really where the rubber meets the road now. Everything else is revelation, transformation, examination, and all of that is based somewhat in theory. But man, when clarification begins to happen, now I can begin to get traction and begin to facilitate action, which we'll talk more about in a moment. Clarification, a very important step in this process. Let's review them again. Examination, transformation, revelation, clarification. Number five, justification. You say, oh my gosh, are we talking about salvation? Well, we know that, that we're justified by faith. I get that. Okay, let's, let's, just, let's just embrace that, set it on the shelf. Everything's cool with that. We got that part. But here, here let me give you an idea of what justification is. Uh, I am presently looking on my computer screen at a Microsoft Word document. Maybe you use Word, maybe you use uh, Pages, maybe you use some other form of word processor. I don't know. But in any event, whatever word processing mechanism you use to create documents, we know that in typing papers or creating documents online, there is this principle of justification which has to do with alignment. For example, there are several tabs here on my toolbar where I can justify all my text to the left. I can justify it to the center of the page. I can justify it to the far right. I can also click one button that makes it spread across the page evenly. It is about alignment. Nothing drives me more crazy, I don't think, than not being able to get the formatting of a document just right. (laughs) Because there's something about this whole justification thing that means something to me. But let me bring this into terms regarding your potential and your destiny. Who you are aligned with is critical to the success and the fulfillment of your destiny. The ideas that you align yourself with, very important. The belief systems you align yourself with, very important. For those of us who are people of faith and we are involved in a a bigger sphere of of engagement with regards to the, the church, I also have a strong belief personally that there is spiritual headship or spiritual alignment that comes into play. Who is a spiritual covering in your life? Who is it that that their prayers, their leadership, their voice in your life, their counsel in your life uh, plays a significant role? That also has to do with alignment. Friends, work relationships, strategic connections, that that happen in your life along the way. Who you align yourself with and are justified with plays a significant role. If you are aligned with the wrong people, it will cause this process to melt down. Partnerships and alliances, collaboration and connectedness, all these things have to do with justification, and they are very important to the process of realizing your potential and maximizing and engaging your destiny. Number one, examination. Number two, transformation. Number three, revelation. Number four, clarification. Number five, justification. All right, number six, are you ready for it? This is a big one. Preparation. 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 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study or be diligent 
to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. Study to show yourself approved. You know, here's the thing. You can, you can have a revelation of who you are. You can even have a personal revelation concerning certain principles that are very much a part of your assignment in your life. But just because you know something about it for you does not necessarily mean you are prepared to transfer that knowledge, that information, and the spirit of that truth to someone else. In other words, if I am going to to present myself as a person who teaches in this arena or or does something over here in this arena or has this to offer, then the onus is upon me to study to show myself approved to God first, but I'm presenting myself to him as a person who, when, when the moment of the fulfillment or the application of my assignment takes place, I am not ashamed. I, I don't sit there with this dumbfounded look on my face and have nothing to give because I have not prepared myself for the moment. Jesus himself, get this, man, Jesus prepared for 30 years for a a three-and-a-half-year assignment. Right now, the the Worldwide Olympics are taking place in Russia, and I watch these amazing athletes who literally have trained from the time they were very, very small children. They prepare for years to stand on the Olympic stage just for a few days and to perform their craft just for a few moments. Preparation. I'm going to make a statement here that may make some of you angry, but just hear me out. The anointing, for those of you who are spirit-filled believers, the anointing does not help ignorance or lack of ability. (laughs) I'm I'm just telling you, just don't, don't think that that God's going to come alongside and just breathe on you, and all of a sudden what you don't know and what you don't have, you're going to have it. No, it doesn't work like that. The anointing enhances and multiplies what you already possess. Your schooling, reading books, becoming a student of a certain skill or trade, certifications, speaking, writing, whatever it may be, you are preparing For the moment, preparation is important. Number seven, or maybe it's eight, I'm not sure. Affirmation. I believe this is number seven. Affirmation is so important. You say, well, I don't need anybody's affirmation to know who I am. Well, you may be right. But it's interesting to me that before Jesus was actually activated into his three-and-a-half-year stint doing what he was sent to do, he wandered down by leadership of the Holy Spirit, of course, to the river where his cousin, John the Baptist, baptized him. That's a whole other story. But you know how this thing unfolded. As he was being baptized, heaven itself opened up. 
Bible says that a dove of the Holy Spirit descended as a dove, and this voice came literally out of heaven and, and affirmed him publicly in front of all who were present and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now, I want you to get this. At this moment, as far as we know, to this moment, Jesus had not yet performed a miracle, had not raised anyone from the dead, had not preached his first sermon. He had been preparing for all these years. And watch this. His heavenly Father affirmed him publicly in front of everyone before he had ever did anything. See, in our culture today, our affirmation comes as a result of performance, which is all backwards. To me, real affirmation takes place when a spiritual father, an earthly father, uh, a father figure, someone recognizes the grace, the gifts, the preparation, the diligence, the faithfulness of someone in their life, and they say, I want to affirm you. You are this person. You have these gifts. You are called to these people. And they affirm them, and they say, you're a beloved son, and God is pleased with you. There is something to say about the blessing of a father. And I believe affirmation is the seventh step in realizing your potential and in seeing your destiny truly realized. The next thing that happens is, of course, activation, which you say, well, that's an eighth step. Well, really, activation is the result of the previous seven steps. Activation requires action. Activation requires movement. Okay, now now that you've done the preparation, now that you've done the examination, all these things we've talked about, now that you've done all of these things, now go be this person. Go do the works of him who sent you. Become actively involved in the destiny that you were created to fulfill. I tell you what, this process is huge. Examination, transformation, revelation, clarification, justification, preparation, and of course, affirmation. I want to share with you right now that I I really have this sense that there are a lot of people listening to this program today that are stirred up, I guess, in your heart because somehow you sense and you know that God is calling you to a higher level of engagement. You've not done anything wrong. You've not been in living in some sort of debauchery or sin or misplacement. It's just that you realize that within your capacity, there is more potential there. There is more power there. There is the scope and the magnitude of a destiny that has not yet been realized. And I'm talking to you because I really do believe that we are in a season, a unique season, where these things are being stirred up in the hearts of people. Dreams are literally being awakened. People are grabbing a hold of them. What has been hard to get your hands around and your hearts around these things have become tangible and, and easier to latch onto and to go with because there is just something happening in our hearts because I do believe that God is calling all of us to a place of higher engagement where our potential is realized. 
where our destinies are activated and we're fully engaged in doing what he's created us to do. And I believe, I truly believe, you have the capacity and the potential to fulfill every desire, every dream, every plan God has ever thought about you. And you know what? The entire world needs that potential and that destiny in you to be realized. Well, that will wrap it up for this session. A couple of very quick announcements here. If you're listening to this on Friday the 14th, happy Valentine's Day. If you're listening to it on the 14th or the 15th, I want you to know I'll be speaking in Houston, Texas on Sunday, February 16th at my home church. That's right, the place where I really have my roots and my spiritual father, my pastor, the people that I'm aligned with at Christian Tabernacle, great, great folks that I love and care for dearly. And uh, if you want to find out more about that, go to brianholmes.com forward slash itinerary. I'm speaking in four, count them, four Sunday morning services. And the first one begins at 7.30 in the morning. The last one ends at about 1.30 or 2 in the afternoon. It's a phenomenal day, a great day, several options for you to plug into. I would so love to meet some of you there. If you're in the Houston area or if you plan on coming by, make sure that whoever you speak to as far as greeters or hosts for the service, let them know that I want to speak to you and I want to meet you before you leave. Also, if you'd like to have me come and speak at your church, your conference, uh, maybe a leadership event or a special healing event that you're having, whatever it may be, if we can serve you in some capacity, we would be deeply honored to do that. It is our heart's desire truly to come alongside of you and help you to reach the people that God has called you to reach. You can find out more about my speaking engagements at brianholmes.com forward slash speaking. I am working right now very closely with uh, my own personal coach, someone who I am relying on heavily to help me to craft this next season of my life in a way that will cause the fruit and the effectiveness of what I'm doing to really go to another level. And one of the things that I'm focusing on is my coaching practice. I really do believe that there is a particular grace and gift there for me to serve individuals, to serve business owners, to serve executives, and even to serve corporations because I've done all of those things uh, quite a lot over the years. But I'm really reframing some of that. And right now in this process of sort of reframing my coaching practice, I have a couple of opportunities where I'm I could possibly work directly with you. If you know of someone who is looking for someone to serve them as an executive coach, I'd love for you to go to brianholmes.com forward slash coaching and check out what we're doing there. And if you think it might be a fit, contact us. We'll be happy to have a phone conversation with you and look at the possibility of how we might be able to help you in that way. Well, I'd love to ask a favor of you today. If you are being blessed by and you are being impacted by what we're doing here on this on-demand radio program, I would love to ask you to, one, subscribe to our website. Uh, We are putting out two or three or four things each week on the website, podcast, videos, blog posts, sharing other articles we believe uh, are relevant to your personal growth, your development as a human being, and we want you to be aware of those. Once a week, we send out an email 
that actually summarizes what we've done that week. We don't blast people. We don't share your contact with anybody. We just simply want to be able to communicate with you and let you know what's happening at brianholmes.com. So subscribe to those updates at our website. Also, if you find this particular podcast of great value, subscribe to us in iTunes. And if you don't mind, go to iTunes and rate us. Give us a one, two, three, four, or five-star rating and leave a review there. Those ratings and those reviews actually cause us to be pushed up in the ratings on iTunes so that we are more visible to people who have not yet discovered the Strategic Living Podcast. That would help us a great deal. And the last thing I want to ask of you is this. If you would share this with the people you love, the people you care about, if you think that what we're doing at brianholmes.com can be a blessing and a help to someone else that's on a similar journey, share it on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Google+, whatever means you are connected with people out there. Let someone know about what we're doing at brianholmes.com. We really, really would appreciate that. Well, I trust that something we've shared today specifically has challenged you. Man, I want to see you healed. I want to see you put the past behind you once and for all. I want to see you just really transformed as we talked about today. I want to see you activated to fulfill your unique purpose, your unique destiny. I want to see you reach your maximum potential. And my gosh, you have so much potential, so much you could be doing. And I believe you can, and I believe you will. Well, until next time, remember this, you are made in his image. You are designed for a purpose. You are destined and so capable of greatness. The world is waiting for you to show up and make your contribution. We care for you deeply. God bless. We will see you back here next week.